0: Mindhead Baptist Church sermon podcast for Sunday the 24th of April 2022. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week Paul spoke on a key truth, who am I now? And the reading is Mark chapter 14 verses 3 to 19. So we'll go and join Paul as he's introducing the service.
1: Good morning and welcome to Mindhead Baptist Church. Welcome online and welcome if you are here in person It's lovely, amazing to worship with you. It was brilliant to worship last Sunday when we thought of that resurrected Lord. And we said, he is risen. I want to remind you before we do any notices that the truth is still the truth. He is still risen. And nothing can shake, alter, tear or damage that in any way, shape or form. So I look forward this morning to worshipping with you the very fact that he is risen. Friends, the notices are as per the sheet this week. Um, I'm looking around for Mark, wherever he is. Thank you. Mark's going to come and do a notice for us. Um, thank you, Mark. Um, but suffice to say, one other quick notice while Mark comes up here is this, that, that um, we uh, have our service this afternoon at four o'clock. We therefore have uh, not just the service at four, but this is the last Sunday of the month, so we follow it with our afternoon tea. So if you fancy coming and joining us for tea, please feel free. There are always, always too many more sandwiches that we can manage, much more food than we could possibly eat. So please come and feel free to join us as we do our church at four. And here's the amazing link, you think we'd plan it, which is being led by Mark this afternoon. So over to you, Mark.
2: Good morning. Okay, the notice I've got is um, we're coming up to the end of the early booking offer for Lee Abbey. Okay, which means you will save £20 if you book before, I think it's about May the 7th or something like that. So um, we've still got a few places left. If you would like to come to Lee Abbey, could you please fill out a form? If you're worried about the finances or you haven't got the deposit now or anything like that, don't let that worry you. Just come and talk to me or Margaret, but Margaret's on a holiday for the next two weeks until May the 7th. So come and talk to me, okay, and we will work all that out. But the main thing is we need to get your name down on the list so that we can put the list together and we can get it to Lee Abbey. So the early booking one is for May, May the 7th. So if you'd like to come to Lee Abbey, which is our weekend away as a church, people who have been before, we had a fantastic time. We've already got loads and loads of people who are coming. It's real, a real broad breadth of our church family that are going. It's wonderful. But if you'd like to be part of that... Um, so please talk to me. And don't let money be an issue, okay? I don't want to say it too loud, and please don't tell anybody else, but we've probably got money in a fund somewhere that could probably help. Oh, and Pauline's looking at me, right? <laughs> um, I wish the treasurer wasn't sat at the back. But please come and talk to us, and we will work things out for you, okay? That's my notice. Who is it? Is it Lorraine? Hello, Lorraine. Hello.
3: Good morning, my church family and visitors to our church family. We are just blessed to have you as uh, part of our family to worship this morning. Um, We're going to be starting um, a few services looking at key truths, I believe. And uh, today we're looking, who am I now? Who am I now? After that wonderful Easter uh, resurrection service last week, Who am I now? I can imagine the disciples were really, wow, what's happening? But then there was that moment. What happens now? So who are we now? This is in Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Just a time before we start to put aside all the busyness that has been going on and just center yourself here with God this morning. Because God loved me, loved you so much that he sent his son. Jesus died for each one of us. But that was not the end. So we can still celebrate this Sunday after Easter and say, to God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. Amen. Let's stand and worship together. Praise is never ending do you have that yearning in your heart this morning to be in God's presence where countless worshippers countless worshippers share one song that's what this world needs today to share one song and cry worthy worthy is the lamb so Lord we give this time to you Have your way among us, we pray. Holy Spirit, will you come, come into this place and anoint each one. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Mark is in the house. Are you in the house, Mark? (laughs) It's It's busy. You're up and down, up and down. I don't know. Who needs Jim, Mark, eh?
2: Good morning, everybody. Are you all right? Yes. Okay, so as Lorraine has said this morning, the big question is who are you? Who are
3: you?
2: Who are you? Who are you? you? Okay, so any idea? Who are you? You haven't got a clue either. That's okay. Who are you? This is the theme. Who are If someone comes up to you, and they might not say it quite like that, they might say, hello, who are you? What will you say? All right. Well done. You've just finished that. Then thank you. All right. Son of God. All right. Mark, okay. I
3: usually say um, I'm Paul's wife, but don't hold that
2: against me. Okay. I'm Paul's wife. Okay. I can't say that. No. I'm not allowed to say that. Yeah. All right. Who are you? Okay. Okay. I'm going to make it easy for you. If someone comes up to me, all right. I normally say hi. My name's Mark. All right, and just to make it simple, okay. All right. wouldn't it be good if we all had tags like this? Uh, no. I think it would be lovely because I've got to a certain age where even if I've met you for a long time, all right, I can't remember your name. All right? So there are people, I'm standing there, I've done it this week in Oasis. I stood there and I went, Hello. Hello. <laughs> and they start talking to me and da da and then all of a sudden it goes, Hi, how you doing, Roy? <laughs> just like that. Right? It just comes in. I forget things. So it would be really good if we had a name tag, I think. But we're not just our name, are we? Okay? I'm Mark. Okay? What else am I? A youth leader, right Youth and community worker. Hi, I'm Mark. I'm a youth and community worker at Minehead Baptist Church. What would you tell to people? Who are you? What's your name? What do you do? Okay. I might say, alright, right, and I, I do expect a little bit of a response to this one. Hi, I'm Mark Siner. I'm a youth and community worker and I'm 56 years of age. And your response would be... Your response should be, "My goodness, Mark, you don't look that old." (laughs) That should be your response. But who are we? Who are you? Today's story is really simple. Okay, we are a child of God. We are God's. There's a song. I do like this song. Okay, it says, "I have a Maker." He formed my heart before even time began. My life was in his hands. He knows my name, he knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls. He hears me when I call. There was a young boy named Jeremiah. Before I started to put you together inside of your mother, I knew you. Before you were even born, I set you apart. I chose you to be a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah heard God and he understood what God wanted him to do. But Jeremiah was afraid. And he was afraid for one reason, well probably lots of reasons, but one that was main for him. He answered God and he said, oh Lord, I can't be your prophet. I don't even know how to speak. And I'm only a child. Didn't matter to God. God answered Jeremiah and said, don't say I'm only a child. Now, when I'm saying this, I'm not just looking at the children, but I am looking at the children. It doesn't matter about your age. It doesn't matter about what you think you can do and what you can't do. And now I'm looking at the older people. It doesn't matter about your age. It doesn't matter about what you think you can and you can't do. God has called you. You must go wherever I send you and do what I tell you. Don't be afraid because God is with you. Then the Lord touched Jeremiah's mouth and said, See, I've put my words in your mouth. Today I have chosen you to be over the nations and the kings. God had some mighty plans for Jeremiah. If you've ever read Jeremiah, you know that. If you haven't read Jeremiah, read it. Find out what happened. God may have some pretty big plans for you too. You're not just a name. You are God's chosen person. And he's got plans for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Keep that in your mind. When someone says, hi, who are you? You might want to say, "I'm Mark first, unless your name's all right, Simon. Steve. All right, okay. You might want to say that, but then keep there that you are a child of God. You're loved and created by Him. He knew you before you were born, and He has got mighty plans for you. Amen.
3: Amen. We have another song. Yes, we're going to have a song uh, before the youngsters go out. But I believe that today, there's no coincidence. You were brought here by God. And someone here needed to hear what Mark just said. That they are loved. That God did make them. And they are meant to be. So as we sing this next song, Majesty, Here I am. Knowing all about my past, but I'm here because his grace, not human beings, his grace has found us just where we are. No matter how much money we've got, no matter how poor we are, no what colour we are, our age, he's here. Are we here to worship him?
0: Good morning. Good morning we come to that time of our service when we pray for the world around us. So, shall we pray? Father, we come this morning as your people, as your church. Father, we come as people not perfect, Lord. Father, we come as people so, so thankful for what you've done for us. Father, we want to pray. Pray for a world, Lord, that needs you. Father, wherever we look, it feels like sometimes we just need more of your presence. Father, we lift up to you this morning those in our own church family who need our prayers, need to know that you are with them. (coughs) Father, we pray for those who are unwell. Father, we pray for those who are grieving. Lord, be with them, we pray. Might they know your touch. Father, we turn our eyes again to Ukraine, Lord. It feels like we've been praying and praying and praying. Father, we pray for peace to reign. Father, we pray for weapons to be laid down. Father, we pray for those Impacted, Lord, for those grieving, those who've lost family members, friends, Father, those who've had to flee. Father, be a comforter, be a shelter. Most of all, Lord, we pray for your power to be known there, Lord. That you are the king of kings. You are the creator. Lord we pray for those who are struggling financially. Lord. We pray for relief to be found. Father we pray for those who have to choose when to turn the heating on and when not to And Lord be with them we pray Father we pray for those who might have come into contact with the church at some point last week as we celebrated Easter Father whether here or anywhere Lord Father, might they have known some part of who you are? Father, that might might that message of hope have been known and felt. Father, we pray that they would have heard you speak. Father, we pray for the coming of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
3: During this next song, we're going to be taking our offering. Um, If you have come and prepared, you're a visitor, please don't feel you have to put money in. This is a love offering from uh, this church family, but we will be taking it um, through this next song. There's a hunger in the wilderness for your revelation. I think those words cry out to our world today. Uh, There is a hunger. Um, And... As Richard was saying about, we have been praying and praying for Ukraine. But we've been praying and praying for the world as well, to know peace. Um, And the peace they need is Jesus. They need to know his name. Um, And I, I, I pray that we never tire of praying for them to know the Lord Jesus. So let's stand and sing. reading today is from 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, and we are beginning at verse 14, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. Father, we just pray for Paul now. We pray for your anointing on him. That our ears may be opened, that we may hear through him your word. Bless us, we pray. And help us to hear you calling our name, so that we can see who we're meant to be in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lorraine, and it's just good to be with you to worship our amazing Lord together. This morning, friends, we're going to begin a kind of new series of a few weeks where we'll be looking at the key truths of who we are. Key truths that are part of our Christian identity. Key truths that help us all to live in freedom. Now, the subjects are all based around the freedom in Christ course. If you've done that, you might recognise some of the subjects as we go through this week but can i encourage you to do me a favor to let me know if anything speaks to you let me richard mark your life group leader anyone you know and trust know if anything that is said speaks deeply to you because we'd love to look at that with you think it through with you pray through with you and i also want you to grasp something actually right up here's the deal The truth is still the truth. Last week we celebrated Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And that's still the truth. The week after it is still the truth. The week before it was still the truth. Next week it will still be the truth. The truth, no matter what, is still the truth. And it's not the world's view of truth that matters. But God's view, Christ's view. I'm going to give you another truth which may astound you. But it comes from a book that's just published last year by someone you may know, a guy called Andy Bannister. And many of you know Jeff and Sue Bannister. He wrote a book called Do Muslims and Christians Worship the Same God? Now, if you're into those studies, I encourage you to read the book. Okay, But over and above that, in the very first chapter, he quotes something, which is truth. Here's the truth. On a global scale... Christianity is growing, atheism is shrinking. Here's the truth. On a national scale, Christianity is growing, atheism is shrinking. But the world would rather you believe the truth the other way around, wouldn't it? That we are weak and powerless because atheism is logical. But that's not the truth. So through these next few weeks, I hope and pray, we'll all hang on to the truth of the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now this morning, I'm going to invite you to do, invite you to do something. I'm going to ask you to use your imagination. Are we all up for that? Everyone got an imagination? I imagine some of you are already dreaming of dinner, so I know you've got an imagination somewhere. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to imagine that you're Peter. That is Peter in scripture. Can you do that? Not not the Peter that's got the beard and the sandals. Although if some of you like to think of yourself with a beard and sandals, so be it. But Peter, his character, more importantly. Imagine. Prior to meeting Jesus, you knew who you were. You're a fisherman. It defined who you were. You weren't a living and probably a relatively good one on it too. But then you met Jesus. And quite frankly, this Galilean preacher turned your world upside down. He persuades you to leave fishing. He takes away from you who you were. But anyway, now you follow him. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. And he seems to like spending time with you. And what he says makes sense. And whilst it might challenge you a bit, it's okay. You'll go with him you got to know him and you got to love him and then that week happened that week you know that week you proclaim he was messiah you told him to stop the nonsense about dying he rebuked you he washed your feet he predicted you would deny him three times and to sum up the week he died and you denied but now he's risen. He is risen. And it leads to an inevitable question. If you're Peter. What does that mean? What does it mean for me? Who am I now? It's the same question if we're being blunt friends. That you and I face. Because if Jesus Christ rose from the dead. If he's alive then it changes everything. And I mean everything. For Peter, the world would change, wouldn't it? For you and I, so it ought to be. If Christ is alive and we follow Jesus Christ, everything changes. Because if he rose, if that's true, if what he says about himself is true, then what he says about you is true as well. Despite all that you might think, you are not who you think you are, you are who Jesus says you are. Now I guess many of you might watch the BBC series, you know the one, Who Do You Think You Are? Everyone seen that? At some stage? You know the one where celebrities try and trace back their family tree. It was true to say in my family we tried that a while ago. Um, I have to tell you we hit a bit of a brick wall. Apart from a few facts, no one seems to know when my father came across from Ireland to Liverpool. Very little is known, and he never spoke about it, and he died when I was two, and so therefore the reality is I don't know about it either. But the one thing I do know for certain is our family name and my given name, I'm Paul McCabe. So what does that mean? Who do I think I am? Well, I'm Paul. That's easily explained. I was born in 1964. You're now carefully doing the maths. Um, I was born at the height of Beatlemania and my mum decided that she would let my then 17 year old sister name me and so she could have been a fan of the Rolling Stones but guess who she was a fan of? You got it, the Beatles. So I am Paul. Praise God she doesn't like Ringo. But But the reality is I'm Paul. What about McCabe? Well, the muck in the muck cave is a shortened Celtic version of son of. So I am muck cave, son of cave. So who or what is cave? Okay, I joke not. This is what the dictionary of surnames says about the word cave. Quote It means a nickname or personal name of someone of uncertain origin. I am literally, if you take my my name, I am a Beatles fan's ideal of someone that's the son of someone that's unknown. But that's not who I am, is it? Mark's nameplate tells us that he is Mark, but that's not who you are, Mark. You are a son of the living Lord Jesus Christ, and not because I say so, but because he says so. And because I know Jesus as my Lord and Saviour, I am not someone who is unknown. And neither are you. And if this morning you think you don't know who you are, I want to tell you this. That the Lord loves you and cares for you. And in short, nothing the world could ever do, nothing that Satan can ever do, nothing he could ever tell you will change that reality. He is risen and he is who he says he is and therefore you are who he says you are. Full stop. Someone, as Lorraine said, needs to hear that this morning. So I'm going to invite you in my last bit of imagining in faith to do just as Peter did. And Peter pondered that question when I read through the Acts and all that he got up to, who am I now? I think Peter took a giant leap of faith forward. He acknowledged that under his Lord, he was accepted, significant and secure. And so are you this morning. No matter what you might feel, no matter what you might tell yourself, no matter what music is playing in your ear, no matter how many times this week you've got the words in your ear that say you're not worthy, you've done this wrong, you are this, you are that, whatever it is, no matter how many times all of that stuff has happened, I tell you, in Jesus Christ, you are accepted, significant and secure. That's the reality of who you are this morning. The world can tell you, that you can find security in the activities of the world. Many today, says the ex-bank manager, put their trust in money and home and family or their job or instant success. Or maybe a, a newer generation will say, we're secure, we have hundreds of friends because they're on Face Twitter or Insta Talk or whatever the latest version is. The truth of the matter is that's not true. They're true because they're secure in Jesus Christ. Our young people out there, I pray, I genuinely pray that what they get from this time at NBC is not the fact that they've got loads of friends around them, but they've got the friend around them. Jesus Christ. What a brilliant thing that would be if Mark came and said, hey, it was a good day today. Only eight were converted. But well, Hallelujah. That's what we want is our children to know and love and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. To know they're secure, they're accepted, they're significant. And how do we do that? Because the moment you know Jesus, everything changes. Right at the middle of that scripture we read, verses 14 to 17. For Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all have died. And he died for all. And those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way we do so no longer. Therefore if anything anyone is in Christ the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. Not the old is gone and the new is yet to be. But the new is here. Right here, right now. If you know the Lord, you're secure, significant and accepted. When you become a Christian, you are like a brand new person on the inside. Now let's be honest, the outside doesn't change much. And it's true to say, I don't think I'm getting more handsome as I'm getting older. But the reality is my old, my outer bit is wearing out just like everyone else's. But inside, there's the difference. So the truth is the Holy Spirit, when I was 16 and I accepted him into my life, the Holy Spirit every day since then has given me new life. Has kind of topped me up to overflowing. And I'm not the same as I used to be. You are no longer defined by who the world says you are. But by who the Lord says you are, and let me say this is a great phrase, and I'm glad of it, so I 'm not mine, but we are not reformed, rehabilitated, or reeducated, we are recreated. That's an amazing phrase. I wish I'd written it, but I didn't. We are not reformed, rehabilitated or reeducated, we are recreated. You, when you turn your life over to Jesus, don't just turn over and new leaf. You begin a new life. John 5.24 says. Very truly I tell you. These are the words of Jesus. Whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me. Has eternal life. And will not be judged. But has crossed over from death to life. What amazing words. They're not my words. They're Jesus's. If you're his. Then put simply. You are His and no amount of trickery or clever words or deceit or lie or chewing at your ear will ever change that fact. You are his. Now that single fact should make every single one of us jump in the air if we're able. (coughs) Hallelujah, thank you. (laughs) Hallelujah. And say yes and amen. It should make a difference to every single day we live. Make a difference to every single issue we face in life. So how come for so many of us it doesn't? How come for so many of us we're burdened with doubts and worries and anxieties? Put bluntly, it's because we choose to believe the enemy. Who whispers in our ears whispers how useless and hopeless and helpless we are. Even though we don't believe all of his lies, we believe enough of them. As we said last week, we start to reconstruct the grave around us. Reminding ourselves of past sins and past hurts. Reminding ourselves of times when we were hurt by others in the church. How we've been let down, what others have said. How the church has abandoned us. We build the walls and we build them thick. And we convince ourselves that the wrong was done by everybody else and not by us, that we didn't have a part to play, that we never said a crossword, that we never let anyone down, that we never gossiped, that we never ridiculed, that we're not the problem at all. And all the while we build the walls. And there's an invitation to you here, just like it was on Resurrection Sunday, I want to invite you to run out of the grave, to literally do that in a while. To leave all that behind and to accept the truth. That in Jesus Christ you are loved, you are secure, you are accepted and you are significant. And if you want the image, Jesus, do you know that lovely image in scripture which we miss? The women go into the tomb and they see the the grave clothes lying there. And they, is he risen? But do you notice Jesus left the the clothes of burial in the grave? He didn't take them, he didn't wear them out. He left them where they deserved to be. And some of us need to do that this morning. We need to take a bold step of faith and leave stuff where it should be, in the grave. Now imagine you're an orphan who became a thief and he heard that one day that the king had issued a decree that all thieves were to be forgiven. Good news, eh? But if that decree if that's all that was said on that decree, would it change your behaviour? Would it change how you saw yourself? No. You'd still probably think of yourself as an orphan and a thief. Would it change your behaviour? Probably not. If you think of yourself as a sinner, then you're still a sinner. What are you likely to do? Sin. I and Lorraine have been blessed to be a part of As many addicts coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ in our ministry. I've got to tell you, the moment they know, you know they're going to be free and free indeed. Is when they leave behind the fact that they are a sinner and grasp that just for them and it's true for them as it is for you. The decree issued by our Lord and Saviour not only names you, not only says the King forgives you, but says he wants to adopt you and he wanted to do that at a price and that price was Jesus Christ on the cross. You are a son or a daughter of the living King. And you are a prince or a princess or whatever you want to use, whatever terminology you want to use. And no amount of lies or mental gymnastics on the enemy's behalf. No amount of telling you that that's not who you are. You were this person. No amount of making you feel guilty or ashamed or worried. Will ever alter the fact that who you are now is someone who belongs to Jesus. Nothing will change that. According to John ten twenty-eight, Nothing can separate us from God's love. If you're truly born again. That verse says, your relationship with God is settled, no matter what you or anyone else might do. And so therefore this morning, if you are sitting there thinking, I've goofed again, I've done wrong, I am not worthy of the Lord's love. It's not anybody else that's wrong, it's you that's wrong. Because Jesus says, you are loved, you are worthy, you are mine. If you're the only person in the world who needed Christ to die he would have died for you and he would have rose from the grave for you. That's how special you are. I'm going to finish by showing you something very, very close to my heart. Um, You probably can't see from that distance, but no worries. One thing I know I might have kept hidden from many of you for all these years, it's a bit of a secret about me, here we go, is that I am a Brighton and Hove Albion football fan. I know it's going to be a shock to some of you, but there you go, it's true. I was a season ticket holder and God had called me into ministry and it was the very season that they went to the new ground. And God deliberately said to me, Paul, you've got to give it up for me. I know that you've been a season ticket holder for so long that you're top of the list. You could. They even wrote to me, this is true, Brighton even wrote to me and said, would I like to choose where my seat was? It's absolutely true. And I went... I wrote them a letter. I wrote the album in a letter about that said, thank you, no, thank you, I'm we'll off to do God's work. But they delighted me when they said, but you're still a member, and so we're going to send you this amazing piece of plastic. Here's mine. It's got Brighton's logo on it, in case you can't see it. And it's, it's, it's a, a fan plastic. So what it is, is it tells you my name, my fan number, importantly, my fan number. But my card number, Okay, and this little card contains all the information that Brighton Have Albin have about me. And it's got a purpose. Okay? Now it's brilliant, because when you buy a ticket for a match, what happens is the ticket's uploaded automatically onto your piece of plastic. How cool is that? So that when you go to the ground, what you do is you flash this piece of plastic at the turnstile and it lets you through. How cool is that? Okay? well it would be brilliant if this wasn't the second one of these I'd had the first one I did go to a few games at the ground and the first one worked for a while and then it developed a fault I discovered later on it's a relatively common fault but all sorted they sent me my brand new second one so off I went to the game walked up to the turnstile expecting the green light beep it flashed red what's going on The steward very kindly said, try again. Okay. Beep. No, a red light again. A third time. Beep. Red light. What is going on? It was then I remembered something. I checked my coat pocket and I found the old card. I'd been trying to use my new card with my old card still in my pocket, near enough, the system was confused. What's he trying to do? So I gave my old card to the steward, and he disposed of it for me, and I've not had a problem since. Excellent. But as a believer in Christ, you have a new card, you have a new identity. Get rid of the old one. Because until you do, you're going to have a problem. You'll keep wanting to go and read the old identity, just like my Brighton & Hove Albion a membership card. But the old identity is gone. The truth is the new identity is here, and you need to begin to recognise who you really are in Christ. So the choice is yours. Carry on believing what the world says. Carry on believing the enemy. Even believe in yourself, or you can get rid of the old way. Dare to think you can run from the grave. Your old identity has gone and your new identity has come. Since that day, incidentally, I've had absolutely no problem getting into any of the games. Just a problem physically getting there from my head, but you get the drift. The new identity, your new identity, Peter's new identity, the disciples' new identity has come because his grace is sufficient for all and he is risen. And so I pray that you will now begin to recognise who you are now in Christ. Amen. Let's bring ourselves before the Lord. Father, I thank you. I thank you that who I am now is not dependent upon how I feel, what I tell myself, what the world says to me, what the enemy says to me. It's dependent upon the truth of the gospel because in Jesus Christ you say you have come that I may have life in fullness and freedom and may be free indeed. And the reality is I can often tell myself, feed myself rubbish that I am not who you say I am but I am who I believe myself to be or who the world says I am. And I pray this morning for me, for many in this church That we would in boldness lay down the lie that we're who the world says we are. And accept as truth the reality that we are who you say we are. And as we worship together, we may respond and worship in spirit and in truth. That truth be in the reality of who we are in you. And that may be our act of worship and sacrifice today. And you will be glorified. I bring myself to you. We bring ourselves to you, Lord. And pray, move among us by the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit. That we may know who we are in you. And that we may worship you in truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
3: When I went to uh, Spring Harvest... This week uh, there was an exhibition area I don't know if some of you have seen it, and there was lots of different um, uh, things written on mugs and on uh, uh, cards and all sorts of things and very pretty and, and lots of uh, different things there. Um, but this one little sign, it, it, it got to me. it was very, very small, it was plain and in black and white and it said, Yesterday is heavy, put it down. Yesterday is heavy, put it down. For someone here, you're carrying around a lot of yesterdays, and they're very, very heavy. Because the moment we know Jesus, everything changes. And you might say, it's all right for you Lorraine, you don't know what I've been through. It's going to take a lot for me to get over it. But as Paul said, and I didn't know he was going to say this, and I'd written this down, Jesus left the folded grave clothes. Because those grave clothes, there's the smell of death on them. The smell of bitterness, the smell of anger, the smell of fear, the smell of anxiety. It's still in our nostrils if we're wearing those grave clothes. We may know Jesus, we may have come out of that tomb. But those grave clothes still smell, they reek of the things that would pull us back. At the beginning of this service... Our scripture for the year is up. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. If he is alive, do you truly believe he is? My heart says that my Lord has risen. He died and got rid of all of that for me. And daily, daily, I need to remember that so that anxiety doesn't wash over me. Because in this world, there's a lot of grave clothes, aren't there? Ready to hold on to you. I'm accepted, I'm significant, and I'm secure in Him. What about you? In this silence, if Jesus is calling your name, no matter if you've known him for a long time, or if this is the first day, if he is calling to you, will you just pop out your hands and receive from him? Will you leave those grave clothes behind? and be free and live in him for the old is gone and stand in him
1: Friends I just ask you to continue in prayer for someone here, just, God just gave me this for someone for, if it's for you Please accept this, and that is that you're believing a lie. You're believing the lie that it's really difficult to leave those old grave clothes behind. Believing the lie that it's really difficult to walk into that new reality of Jesus Christ, of being accepted and secure and forgiven. Believe in the lie that it's a tough thing to do. The truth is it's not. And not because I say it's not, but because Scripture says it's not. This is for you. This is how easy it is to walk free from the grave. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your old sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins, having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us and stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. That scripture says it is easy to leave the grave clothes behind because Christ has already done it. And he calls you to do it. Don't believe the lie of the enemy this morning that it's tough. Believe Jesus. Follow him. It's easy.
3: It's easy because in Christ alone, my hope is found.
1: Thank you for being with us today, whether here or online. I'm going to invite you before we have the blessing to do two things, to share fellowship with each other, coffee, or if you want to speak to myself or Richard or Lorraine or anyone else, if anything from today has touched your heart, please come and speak to us. Say hello to us. Um, we would love to be able to spend time with you. And secondly, to invite you to something. Next week, friends, is a special day. For Stephen, for blessing and for life. Because next week we will have life's dedication here. Mm. So come along next Sunday when we give thanks to God for the life of life. Mm. And for the fact that God, we pray, will do amazing things through him. There's an invitation for you to next week if you're online or you're here with us. I want to read those words of Colossians 2 again as a blessing on you. When you were dead in your sins and in, the resur- un- and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature. God made you alive with Christ. And having disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them. Triumphing over them by the cross. I pray for my friends Lord. That they may be alive with Christ this week. And may stand with you. Triumphing with you, aware that they are who you say they are, because you have said so and you have done it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a great week, everyone.
0: To leave a comment, please go to mindhead-baptist.com/slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.